Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome back to Return to the Shadows. I'm Catherine McNamara. I'm Dominic Sherwood. We have a very, very, very special deep dive for all of you today. The deepest of dives. Perhaps one of the people on the casting crew that the two of us are closest to and mm-hmm. spent the most time with throughout mm-hmm. this whole process, other than each other, obviously. obviously. <laughs> but uh, today we have the one and only Simon Lewis, your Lordship Daylighter himself, Alberto Resende. Yay! Alberto is he here? Isn't here yet. He's not here yet. <sighs> oh God! After all that intro, he has the audacity yeah. to be late. We could tell the him being late story whilst he's <laughs> late, which would be quite funny. What what story is that, Dom? Do you not remember this? Or you do I remember, mean, and you're just making me say it. I don't know which story you're thinking of. There there are a few stories. I'll t- I'll tell it. I don't care. I'll tell it. Okay. So as we've mentioned before, we all ended up living in fairly close proximity to each other. So when they would pick us up, they would often start at me, who was the northmost apartment, and then come Mm -hmm. down and pick everyone up on the way. Mm -hmm. And Alberto was always late, not by (laughs) much, just by like sort of five minutes, but he was always late to the point where when he was on time, he was given candy on set. That's true. Vibs, our base camp PA, would reward him for being on time by giving him candy. And I was like, "Uh, excuse me, Mm -hmm. question mark always on time. I'm always on time. Where's my candy? 
doesn't <laughs> seem super fair. What's going on there? You know what? You just got Vib's undying love and affection, as did the did rest of us that were on time. Yeah. Actually, I would love to see if we can reach out to Vib's. I, I hear from her occasionally and get her on the show. Because Vib's lovely Vibuti was our trailer third AD. And for those of you who aren't familiar with film and television sets, you know, there's often uh, what we call base camp, where hair and makeup and all of our dressing rooms, which are usually trailers on a show like Shadowhunters, and we all sort of convene in the morning. And Vibs is in charge of making sure we get where we need to go and we get through all of the processing and everything else. And without Vibs, the show would not have have happened. We would all have fallen apart. I mean, she, she really, truly took care of us and was largely responsible for the majority of our mental sanity throughout the entire show. Yeah. What else do we know about Alberto that we can discuss? What else can we brag about? about this is something we always used to give Alberto a bit of uh, trouble for, is this was one of his first professional jobs after university. We should talk to him about this as well, yeah. Because it should. pissed me off. This pissed me off a lot. Because <laughs> you, you, as an actor, nine times out of ten, you don't just walk into like a lead role on something massive, you know, yeah, exactly. You think about people like, who's a good example. Dylan O'Brien's a great example who mm-hmm. he, he didn't just walk into teen wolf or to the maze runner with cat. Yeah. Built himself up. But the ones that you recognize him for are those two. So you assume that he has just jumped into these roles and that wasn't the case unless you're Alberto Resende. And it actually was the case. <laughs> he left school early yes. to join our show. He wasn't even finished with his schooling yet to walk right on in. So but, uh, you know, that's that's just our Alberto. Overachiever. You know, he's still saved as Simon Lewis in my phone. I don't think I'm ever going to change it. Robocop on mine. Is he still Robocop in your phone? No. Yeah. <gasps> there he is, Alberto. Am I? I'm sideways. He's sideways. You are sideways, yeah. I'm on my phone. You're on your phone? Yes. Can you turn your phone the other way? You're uh, upside down often in the I show. I think it told me not to do this. Oh. Be a rebel. There we go. Seems to be working. I feel bad. I had to wake Tessa up to find these headphones. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dude, you're back in LA. I'm back in LA, bro. <gasps> Yo, are you we're going to have to get together. No, I'm in the UK. How are we always ships passing in the night? I'm here till Tuesday. No. Till Tuesday? Till Tuesday. So called because it's the second day. <laughs> I thought Sunday was the first day of the week. Isn't it? Oh, well. What? Mm, is the first day? It's like the ace of days of the week. You know, it can be a two or a... Ace. Well, biblically, when <laughs> of the seven days, the world was created <laughs> okay. in seven days. <laughs> Sunday was well, the I'm seventh day. The you're question. right, Dom. Sunday was the seventh day. No, you're right. Day, Sunday correct? was the seventh day. Sunday, okay, yeah, you're, you're right. absolutely Sunday correct. Was the day. You call it the first day if you want, but you're just challenging the Lord. Okay. Well, that's a place to start. Well, I just like starting the first day off with a rest. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that. Before you checked in, we were just talking about you being fucking late all the time. <laughs> like, like we thought it was, there was a fun irony to the fact that like, while he's not here at the appropriate time, we'll talk about how he's late. <laughs> you just get given candy. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Alberto. Yo. Why don't we dive in here and you go ahead and introduce yourself for the fine folks. Tell us a little bit about you, maybe a couple fun facts, a couple tidbits about the one and only tidbits. Alberto Resende. The irony about the one and only Alberto Resende is, aren't you a third? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. Like, oh, I actually, That's funny. <laughs> well, I guess the introduction is incorrect then, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I, I had a line in Chicago Fire uh, a couple weeks ago, and the episode just aired, where I literally say, like, what? There's no one else like me. I'm my own type. 
And now I'm like, oh no, I'm actually a set of three. Like I come in a set of three, <laughs> a very old version. <laughs> Not to be sold separately. I mean, shall we say third time's yeah. a charm though? Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. Third so, time's so a charm. I'll, should I just, yeah, should I just dive in? Dive in, baby. Dive in. Hi, I'm third time's a charm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, what's up? Uh, my name's Alberto Rosende. I played the part of Simon Lewis in Shadowhunters. I'm currently on Chicago Fire. I have been acting since I was a kid, but Shadowhunters is actually my first job, like as a professional actor. So that was like my foray into this industry. And apologies, uh, Stella, my cat keeps rubbing against the legs of the tripod. So if you see it move <laughs> slightly, just, just, just know it's because of Stella. We accept. I have a cat. She's the person, the, the, the being I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what else? What else? What else should I say about myself? I had an amazing time shooting three seasons of the show with you two lovely people. Uh, Rewatching episode three was really a, a trip. It bring back some memories, huh? Ooh. So this this episode of the podcast is coming right after we just did our episode three rewatch. So we've just mm -hmm. been through the ringer with you. Okay. Captured a couple times, oh hung gosh. upside down a couple times. Talk us through a little bit of when you first got the audition for Simon, were you familiar with the books? Did you know anything okay. about it? Okay. Cause we've okay. spoken about this. Yeah. But we, so you tell us your experience. Cause we had a, an interesting experience meeting you as well. Oh yeah. All right. So my, my experience auditioning for the show was really weird, which I think is, is cool for people listening. They, I don't think they understand or, or some of them might not know the audition process. And like, it's literally, a, as you guys know, it's a long process. Mm -hmm. to, you don't, you don't just do the thing once and they're like, great. Here's the job. It's well, like, some of us do. <laughs> Dumb. I didn't do it once. Oh, my God. I did it so many times. I just, uh, not as many as you guys. That's true. <laughs> I, auditioned, I auditioned, let's say, that was that pilot season. And in the beginning of the pilot season, this, this audition had come through. I, I went into a, a room in, in New York and auditioned. Nothing happened. Didn't hear anything. A couple weeks later, the audition came through again. And they were like, by the way, they changed casting directors. You're going to send a tape in. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I read the same lines, sent a tape in, a couple weeks passed, nothing happened. And I was like, all right, well, that must be the end of that. Right. Then I got a tape again that I actually had to go into a room in New York, but in order to send a tape, which was weird. It wasn't like I did it. It wasn't a, a regular self-tape. I went into a casting office. That is weird. They did a tape and then sent it. And I was like, all right, cool. And that was, huh. let's say like, by the time that happened, that was like March. Right. And then I didn't hear anything all through April. So I'm like, all right, as you guys know, if you don't hear anything for... More than a week, you could probably just, you know. Can put it to bed. Part yeah. ways. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was visiting my brother in Boston because I was like, I have nothing to do. I'm, I'm graduating college right now. I've, I've auditioned what I've auditioned, so I'm just chilling. And then they said, I got a call. Literally, we're at like a pregame. My brother's like <laughs> oh, college <no>. friends. <laughs> and, and, and I get a phone call. They're like, hey, Alberto, I know it's Friday, and I know that you're out of town. They want you back in New York by Monday so that we can fly you to L.A., Monday afternoon. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, for a test. And they're like, yeah, to test for the role. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. So for everyone listening, the test is the process where they've dwindled it down to like their top 10, possibly. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe smaller, but they've dwindled it down where they're yeah, like, it's one of these guys. Normally more than 10. I think it was like four. Around 10 yeah. between, yeah, it's normally between no more than 10 mm -hmm. and they have to have at least two right. people to test against each other. Right. So somewhere yeah. in between that number normally. Yeah. So for that first room, that first test, it was like eight assignments that I remember. So then I, I, I flew back like Saturday. I partied with my brother that night, like having something to celebrate. Flew back the next day, took a day in New York to like prepare and whatever. Then Monday they call me and they're like, hey, sorry, we're pushing your test a week. And I'm like, ah, 
because I, I was supposed to be in Boston for like a whole week and a half. And they're like, right. we're going to push it to next week. So don't worry, you have plenty of time. And I'm like, I already rushed to get back to New York and chill. <laughs> so I had, I had all this extra time. So I said, you know what? I know it's based on a book. So I'm going to, I'm going to read the book. So I read the first book before I even got there. And I was like, well, I know there's like six of them. So I'll, I'll keep reading. So, cause that, I had never read, I had never read a fantasy series before this. I didn't know that. So it was like my discovery. I mean, I've read fantasy books, but in terms of a full series, I've never read a series at this Whoa. point. Yeah, it was cool. So I was like, oh, there's another book. It's the same. I'm going to go right in. So I read the second book. And that one I burned through even faster than the first one because now there was that like established world that I was excited right. about. And then right. by the time the test came around, I was reading the third book. I was halfway through. That's insane. I love that. That's so very Simon of you. Were you at that point imagining yourself as Simon? Were you seeing yourself when you were reading it? Oh, 100%. And that was the coolest thing. I was like, <laughs> for sure. I got flown to LA. It's like my first time being flown anywhere for work. So that was a cool experience. Took me straight to a hotel. Never been to LA before. And at this time, no one I know had graduated. So I had no friends out in LA. I was all, it was a completely new place. So I stayed in my hotel in WeHo. I like tried to walk somewhere because I'd been living in New York. So I was like, oh, I'll try to walk and get some food. <laughs> it's not you the same nope. in LA. You can't, can't do, do that in LA. in LA. Can't do it in LA. So I ended up like, I ended up being like, I'm going to stay just really focused then since I literally can't do anything else. The first day you go in for your, uh, what they called like the producer director session, which is where we met Ed yeah. Dector. That's where I met you for the first time. Yeah. yeah, that's where I saw you for the first time. That's where I saw Emma yeah. for the first time. But that first day was just us Simons. We go in, we'd read. And that's actually also where I met Taylor. That's right, the, Taylor the, Murray the and Jimmy and, and Zoe. Zoe. Yeah, they were all assistants at the time. So it was cool that we all kind of started this process together mm-hmm. there in that audition yeah. room. I remember thinking about it because you read the books, you, you get an idea of what this guy could look like and what he could sound like and be like. And a- after reading them sitting in that audition room, I felt like I could cast the role too because I'd, I'd had a little bit of knowledge. So I was watching some people walk in. I was like, ah, oh, no, he's... That guy's way too like buff and good looking to be Simon. Like he should be auditioning for like Jace or Alec or or that guy is very tall and very cool. <laughs> Simon's not that cool. And then there's another guy coming in with like glasses and a backpack, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that at least he's got the glasses thing right. So I actually went and had a pair of glasses that I wore because I know Simon wore mm-hmm. glasses. So I, I made that choice. And I also kind of like any actor that didn't make that choice, I was like, that's that's an easy choice to make. Yeah. Like it says the character wears glasses. Anytime you see a reference picture of him, he's wearing glasses. So I'm like, that's... It's the obvious choice. That was the choice that I don't know why people didn't yeah. make that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because that's what Kat and I were talking about because... I... we all, You and I, Alberto, we were in the same sort of round of auditions of Clary's and Simon yeah. and Spells. And I will never forget walking into that room because like you said, you kind of look around and you, you've done the research and you know a bit of, okay, what your at least picture is. And I walked in and I looked around the room and Emerald wasn't there yet, but I saw a bunch of the Isabels and I'm like, okay. And I saw a couple other Clary's and I went, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And I looked at all the Simons and immediately clocked you and went, but the first thought in my head was, well, there's Simon Lewis. <laughs> from from minute one. And I remember you were the only person who was keeping up with any kind of like banter or conversation or or that was actually able to play while we were sitting and waiting and, and all of this. And I just instantly went, all right, well, if this guy doesn't get the part, then I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'll say that that was something that was funny. Like, so after the first test, you go home and then they call you and they say, hey, congratulations, you're going to the next round. And the next round is where all of us were in the same room for the producer session. 
where we met like all those people like yeah. Constantine, essentially, all those awesome people. Constantine is the production company that owns the rights to Shadowhunters. So Constantine also did the movie. Yes. They own the rights to the books. Yeah. And they're the ones that produced it. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that did the studio and had people on the ground. Like they're the team that produced it. And I was like, that was when, when it was all Simons, the vibe was like really chill. It was as if there's a room full of Peter Parker. <laughs> right. It was just like people talking about things. Someone brings up a video game. Next thing you know, everyone's chatting and Taylor and Zoe are chiming in and the producers come out. They're like, Hey, can you keep it down? You. <laughs> We're yeah, working we, in here. Please. You guys are here to do a job, not to work. So. So that's fun. And then the Clarys came in and the energy just got a little better. Mm. Like now there was more people to yeah. bounce off. Everyone's laughing. And then the Isabels came in and it went dead silent. You're so right. <laughs> it did. Because they all came and in everyone, like, oh God, they're so beautiful. Everyone got buttoned up. Because <laughs> like, they were all like, I'm eye on the prize. We're here. Yeah. We're focused. Right. We're tall. We're yeah. in heels. Like we're prepared. And we're all wearing like jeans and in yeah, our comfortable I'm in like a flannel, clothes. sitting in my convert. Yeah. Yeah, they're up yeah, to the exactly. nines. I, I just remember the whole shift and I, I was like excited. I was like, yeah. And then someone walked in. We're like, cool, 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 okay, cool. No one wants to talk anymore. Wow. Yeah. Oh, shoot. When I walked in, I knew, well, you sort of know that you had the part, but then also you're still kind of, I've been offered the role and I'd accepted the role, but you're also still like, I don't know, man, if they love one of these Clarys and we don't gel, then all of a sudden they're like, hey, man, sorry. And then I'm gone and they have a new Jace coming in. Yeah. Um, fortunately, everything worked out and it was great. But I remember walking into that room. I had my suitcase with me because I was flying back to England That's that day. Right. I remember that. my potential Clarys in front of me. I knew Kat already and was like, okay, great. Well, this sort of seems like a done deal. And then I looked at the Simons and there was a bunch of them all fairly similar looking. You all sort of and it's interesting that you mentioned because there was one of you wearing glasses and I was like, that's him. That's him. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's mm -hmm. him. The other two, doesn't matter how good they are, no. how right they nice are for guys. the role. This is the guy who understands who this person is. Yeah. And has. And I can tell, and that was my first sort of foray into Alberto Resende being the actor that we have grown to love so much yeah. is because you did do that extra work. You did take that extra step. You do try that little bit harder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I? There's. I think there's a story that's in this audition thing that I don't know if a lot of people know, and I. I think it's actually what got okay. me. The job. Oh, I know what this story I think is. I know I'm so too, excited. But, but tell us yeah, tell your story. It was. <laughs> so we're at we're at like the freeform offices, <laughs> and this is like a. It's like a it's corporate like the office, Disney right? There's like, like Disney channels on the top floor. Twenty stories. There. It's where yeah, all yeah. the decisions Radio are Disney's made. in the lobby. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. Exactly. So like. I'm like, this office is actually like really cool. Like there's a bunch of Disney paraphernalia and Mickey Mouse is like winking at you when you walk <laughs> in. You're like, this is, it, it feels like exciting. Like being in that space, especially like where we auditioned with that big black box theater they yeah. had. It was like, so we were there for hours while everyone was testing and everyone was being really good about not wandering. But naturally I got very bored after a certain point. So I was like, I'm going to just like do a little peruse, like a little lap. And, uh, I started to go towards the bathroom and as I'm about to go into the bathroom, I see a sign that says like cereal bar this way. <laughs> and I'm like, it's spelled like cereal, like breakfast cereal. And it said bar, like drinking bar. If this is what I think it is, this could be revolutionary. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, like, I like both of those things. <laughs> I was like, I, if I don't get this job, I will say I at least got to see the cereal bar. That's true. <laughs> Find that silver lining. So I like walk over and it's like, you know, the door's closed and everything, but I like peek in and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I like take a step in and I'm like, this is crazy. There's a whole bar of cereal. They've got fruity pebbles and fruit loops. And, oh my and, God. and I'm like, this is incredible. I'm looking at it and I'm like, should I make a bowl? 
like I that'd be wrong like and I can just eat it in the bathroom real quick I was like I have time so I was like about to grab the bowl when Elizabeth walks in um is it Elizabeth Elizabeth Boykovich who is our the no, head no of, it wasn't Boykovich oh it wasn't Boykovich was, uh, was it uh, oh, I can't believe Dana I'm forgetting her name right Catherine? now uh no she did Catherine of course it was Catherine who's the head of PR Catherine walks in for, for talent the head of PR press and she walks in and she's like oh and I'm like hi uh how are you and she's like are you supposed to be with the auditioning group of actors? And I was like, is that over there? Yeah, I guess so. I, I thought this was the bathroom. <laughs> with a, with a handful a of, bar. like, full <laughs> bowl of cereal, yeah. <laughs> it was like, so weird. And she's like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I, and then I just, of course, because I, I just come clean. I'm like, I've just never seen a cereal bar before. I thought this was really cool. I'm going to put this back. And she's like, okay. So she, like, opens the door, and I walk out, and I'm like, well... I'm not getting this job, <laughs> but I think, I think that 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 might have been one of the reasons. Just because, like, when you think back on the character and stuff, now I'm like, that was actually something Simon would absolutely, absolutely. do and get in trouble for. And and I don't know where I had the gall. It was my first audition like so that. Funny. So, I, oh my gosh! But yeah, good lord, good lord. The process well, is great. Something about that when you're in that sort of audition process, it's so foreign, and you you are aware the stakes are so high because you've gone in, you've signed your contract for six years, you've done all these things. You're just sort of in an altered state of consciousness anyway. And then suddenly, when that you so know when you see a sign that says cereal bar, you have to follow it. Exactly, you have to. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents 
a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So, you know, we did the test. The cereal bar situation aside, it was only a benefit to you. And uh, I think you and I the next day had a chemistry test. Which no one told me that I... Well, I didn't know at either. The time, at the <laughs> well, That night, I, we finished our tests and whatever, and we did it in front of McGee and, and everything. And that, you know, that, that process was now yeah. done. And I remember going home, calling my manager and being like, hey, I finished. I think it went, I, did as, I did as well as I could. Uh, do you tell your manager you got caught stealing... Cereal Absolutely not. You did not. Okay, cool. Smart. I no, might smart, go to smart, Disney smart. jail, but maybe I'll find like, you know, Jafar there guys, or something guys. and it'll be fine. Deny till you die. <laughs> Deny <laughs> till you die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I remember waiting and then I got the phone call and she was like, All right, so I have some news. And I'm like, that's not you didn't say good news. All right, what's up? And she's like, You have one more audition. And I'm like, I thought because when you build up that you're done at a certain point, you're right. done. And I remember I had been getting sick too. So I was like, you know how you can do that? You can keep the yep. sick away mm-hmm. until – so I was like – after that audition, I was like, all right, I'm done. I can get sick. So I started to get sick. My manager tells me that I have one more audition and I swear. I was like, I'm not sick anymore. I've got one more. Let's do it. And then, um, and then on the way there, like instead of like a Prius regular Uber, it was like an Uber black. And I'm like, oh, that stepped up. And then they were like, oh – the role is yours. You got the role. You're testing with Clary. And I was like, what? So then when I got, when I got to Disney, like Mick G and Ed came and met me. And I met a lot of like people that we ended up working with for years after that mm-hmm. in that room. And then I tested with Kat. I tested with one other Clary. And then I had to continue with them to do all of my like, remember all of the announcement stuff? Oh, that's they made right. yes. a picture. Mm-hmm. And then we had to like post and share our socials and yeah. do that whole mess that ends up becoming like a whole thing yeah see that's something we should talk about as well that cat and i haven't spoken about on this yet like that cat you are fairly social media savvy Mm -hmm. alberto you as well i'm not and that was my real first foray into like holy fucking shit this is insane (laughs) a lot of I only am because of Shadowhunters, because of that training that oh, we had. Oh, so this was your first foray into it as For well, For the most was part. It? I mean, I'd done a Disney Channel pilot back in the day that was supposed to be like the first time they did High School Musical, the series. So they had st- that's the whole reason I had social media in the first place was because of that pilot. But then this is the first time that I was ever, you know, we got all that training and they kind of taught us how yeah. to use social media. And that's the only reason that to this day I know anything is because Freeform and the fandom taught me how to use Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish I paid more attention in learning, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you that that was a crazy like that's something we haven't talked about was like we went from 
I mean, you guys, because of this, the, the jobs you had before, you guys had like followings? Little bit. Like, a little one. Little yeah, yeah. We say little, but I mean, it was still like substantial in terms of like, you had check marks and you had that, that K next to it. Oh, so yes. there was like, yeah. you guys had people, you guys knew to turn your notifications off at that point. Sure. And, like, yeah. Had done no, basics. Yeah. You'd think. No? no. Oh my, my God. Yes, but no. <laughs> So that's the thing. I started at a, at a at a at a behind place, but because like I had done nothing else, it was all set up the right way the first time, yeah. you know. But that mm-hmm. was crazy. We went from like the only people I knew on my Instagram were people that I knew wow. to then having. I had to turn my phone off that day. I, I feel like you guys mm-hmm. probably the same. The day that we got announced, mine quit like, working. Yeah, yeah, they stopped. did. Mine stopped. It just there was so much coming into it. It just stopped working, and I was like, oh. And I remember I I had told my girlfriend at the time we knew we were getting news that day good or bad we knew we were getting news so i text her saying hey sorry it didn't go my way as a joke and at that moment it just went send then my phone died and i was like oh no it was like eight hours of like n- my phone just didn't work because the other thing is as well the interesting thing with social media that nobody really teaches you is time zones oh yeah so like you're like oh it's over like it's fine mm-hmm. this is done after two hours and then east coast wakes up right. and it, you get influxed again oh, and then like, like w- europe wakes up and yeah. you get again yeah it came in waves yeah yeah, yeah. that's wild oh my God. that's wild well i remember with me they told me or they had announced it on twitter they they had the hashtag like who is clary and they said okay in two hours and it was 10 minutes before the two hours was up and and i was like at that point i went okay well i haven't heard anything so it must not be me my team calls and goes hey we still haven't heard anything so hang tight and it was literally less than 10 minutes before they announced it when they called me. And I had gone to the gym at this point and I'm like, you know, got to work out this energy somehow. So I'm like sweaty at the gym, whatever. And they called me and said, hey, um, congratulations. You're going to be playing Clary. Can you come to Freeform like now and do a bunch of pictures and social media stuff? And I was like, yeah, give me 10 minutes. I'll be right there. <laughs> like we know you live close. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Ugh. And here we are. And seven here we are. Years and here we all are. Seven, seven years, years later. Can you believe that? No. Other than you, Kat, Alberto was the first one I met. Yeah. yeah. And Kat and I have met previously, but Alberto and I met in Toronto. I think I was there a day ahead of you as well, because there was one were, day. I was coming in and I, I texted you to be like, hey, I'm Alberto. I'm, I'm the guy playing Simon. I just got in town. If you wanted to like meet up, get a, get a drink or some food. And we did exactly that. And we, we literally <laughs> went and got a beer and a steak. We, you know what's interesting is I think we've been, I think we went to that steak place one time Only and it once. was just that time isn't that Which where did you guys go to it, it was, was like on queen on, okay yeah queen and spadina on the corner East of queen of spadina. and spadina yeah oh wild so like uh right next to like the a and w yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. was it a little yeah, french it like place this, it was it was it started with a z it was called like z something or czar something i don't remember i don't know that's that's really cool are you sure it started with a z no <laughs> Because I think it was called Allo, A-L-O. <laughs> that sounds right. But that actually does sound right. You sure it wasn't Zalo? Ooh. Maybe it was. <laughs> Let's call it that. But now, so now we're all in Toronto and we're casting the yeah. show. And we... So let's talk about the pilot a little bit. And let's talk about... Okay, I'm going to reel yeah. this back in. Sorry, on, sorry, Tom. sorry. I'm here. Okay. I'm ready. So let's talk about uh, the first episode. Just like the old days. And- <laughs> let's let's right. talk about the pilot. The let's pilot. talk about let's the first episode. Now, I cool. remember we loved working with McG. And there was yeah. a particular moment in the pilot that did not make the cut. 
that we've been waiting to tell this story. Oh my and it God. was in the Pandemonium Club. I know exactly what you're talking about. McGee is so good at like talking to background and people around us and just throwing, even even other cast members, and just throwing random stuff at us to to bring out new moments. And McGee did this to you in such a unique way. That was actually yeah. my first, that was my first day on set. Oh too. My God. That was my first, that was my first action was as really? a series regular. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's why it was such a big deal. Cause he, he was like, I'm going to, he was like, I'm going to christen this kid. Oh, no. So like, he, he did. So it's, it's, so for everyone curious, it's the moment where Simon and Clary walk into Pandemonium for the first time. And Simon's like, what are we doing? You heard me. Pandemonium. You heard me. And the pandemonium for the first time. It's next to Zella. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that was quite funny. God, yeah, cat. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's that moment when he walks in and he kind of takes in the whole thing and it, it zooms into him. And he's like, "Where are we?" That whole moment that happens in pandemonium, not in the institute. So, like, it's that moment. You guys have been shooting for like four or five days at this point, and mm-hmm. I haven't had a day on set. So you guys had already started that process and I hadn't met any of the crew yet. I was, I'd only met Nuno at that point. So, um, and I'd been on set, but like I hadn't seen action and I hadn't been in a job where like this was the first time where it was like for me and it was McGee and and Ed. Like, I don't think also like the scale of what that was, was like a lot bigger than I recognize right now. Yeah. Uh, then I was able to recognize then. So in the moment, McGee runs up. He's like, all right, bud, so this is your first take. You're going to walk up to this mark. And then I told one of the extras to just like interact with you, just like improv with them and then keep going with the scene. And I'm like, great, cool. And he's like, all right, cool. You're doing great, bud. You know, he's like, he's so high energy. And he's like, so great. He really brought you along. So I was yeah. like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, man, for sure. And he walks away and I'm like, all right, all right. All right. They, so they say action. And that was like, I still remember that moment because that's like, you know, you remember the moment they first say action, and I remember when they wrapped us, like, yeah. entirely, mm-hmm. very clearly, to, like, bookend that. So they say action, we turn the corner, I see it, and then all of a sudden, this extra in, like, tight lingerie with a shaved head comes up, just grabs my face, and then licks the entire side of my face from, like, <laughs> chin to forehead. And it's just, like, like wide tongue really, like, scoops half of my face with it. like, <laughs> And I had a line, like, oh, my God. And I remember it happening and me just being so out of my, like, I remember feeling like, how am I supposed to stay in character? Like, this is my first take. Oh my God. I said the line, they said cut. And then everyone died laughing. And that extra was like, I'm so sorry. McGee told me to do that. I know I've never met you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, can you imagine if you were that bold of a background performer and you're just like, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to lick one of the series regulars. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that moment memorable. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. going home? Hey, wow. what did you do today? Oh, I got to lick a series regular, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what did you and do the today? the other side I got of that, licked. yeah. I got licked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good day. <laughs> this is stuff that you I probably wouldn't be able to get away with anymore. No. Um, no. You'd have to go through would. intimacy coordinators and uh, COVID as well. Yeah, to co- that, that is not an opportunity that you would have. Yeah. No. To be like, hey, randomly mm-hmm. lick this person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was Wild West no. back then. Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It was actually the Wild West. But, you know, that that started off our process so wonderfully because we had this sense of play and we had this sense of, you know, okay, we're in this together and we're going to get everything thrown at us from every direction and we're going to roll with it. And that's what we do. Yeah. 
I remember that first yeah. dinner we all went to as well. You know, Isaiah and Harry brought it up so aptly and they said, look, guys, because they'd been, you know, through a million things. And they're like, yeah. we can make this amazing or this can be hell. And let's, you know, let's all be a team and let's move forward and roll with the punches and be good to each other. And, you mm-hmm. know, you two were a huge part of that for me, given that I, I spent so much time with both of you and, and so learned much so much time. from both of you. Well, we had, I think it was just like the, we were all at like the right age. We were all in a new place and we all, mm-hmm. we were all playing friends. So like that energy had to kind of be there, <laughs> you know? Let's be real. I'm the third wheel in this situation. I know, I know this. Yeah, I've known this for to, a long time. We have talked about this. This is what we've talked about is how, how different the show would have been if if Jason Simon had met instead of it. Like if Clary wasn't there, <laughs> she was like in the bathroom and we had met and we're like, I like you. I like you too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like Shadow Bros for three seasons. <laughs> you know? So that's the five episode miniseries we're making. It's called Shadow, Shadow Bros. And it's just, Dude, it's I'm just Jason Simon. Down. Like, I'm de- I'm so down. Oh my god! So down. Oh, if only we should have thought about it whilst we were filming. Those sets probably don't <laughs> exist anymore, but that would be so fun. Like I would go around with you and Diego and me, like around New York, and just I have some of the costume still. Don't know. If Yo, I'm this is to a good idea. That, but I do. No, they gave us Shadow some. Bros miniseries. Shadow Bros miniseries. I think it's dope. Could be really good fun. Uh, <laughs> going back to the show, I it, it was. It was crazy to rewatch. I have I don't know, was this when you guys started this podcast, was that the first time you decided to rewatch or had mm-hmm. to rewatch any of the things we shot? Because uh, I had this the... experience. Sorry, continue, continue. I asked a question. I should have waited. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk to you. They've heard us talk enough, Alberto. This is the reason we're bringing guests on, because they listen to us talk all the time. We need we need them to listen to other people because you know they get sick of She's us. She's right. Okay, that's fair. But I like I'll just keep going then. Like uh, <laughs> Just ignore it, Dom. Let's keep talking. (laughs) It's not important. I just remember that. Honestly, I I kind of forgot the question I asked. You asked if this was the first time time you had rewatched the show. Yeah, was it? Because for me, it really was. So it was interesting to like remember things about. I remember when we shot that. Oh my gosh, that was a funny. That was a fun day. Or like that day, we were there all day. That was a long day. Like, do you guys have blank spaces? Because yes. I have, I have like whole scenes, like big scenes, where I'm like, I don't remember being there. Oh, I don't yeah. know how I'm in this scene. Yeah. I do not remember being there at. I mean, after what happened in episode three, obviously, mm. like th- three, four, and five, there are big chunks of it where I'm on pretty heavy painkillers, so I obviously don't remember those ones. But no. even later on, there are some episodes where I'm like, that's not me. I definitely didn't do that. And then I turn around, it's my face, and I'm like, weird. There are fun scenes <laughs> when the first time there. the episode aired, I remember sitting mm-hmm. there doing a live tweet, and it was a scene with you and I, Alberto. And I turned to you and I went, I don't remember. Did, uh, huh? I have no recollection of shooting this scene. I forgot about nope. it entirely. We were just, weird. I think we were just moving so fast. Yeah. Everything was, we had to get so many things done. And like those first few episodes, it was like taking this giant plane off the ground. So like mm-hmm. we were constantly either at the gym or doing hair and makeup things or doing costume things or on set shooting or doing in season one, our very interesting like stunt rehearsals. Yeah. I, (laughs) I have touched on that and I've been quite open about how happy I was that we got a new team in season two. Like the key thing about stunts is that there are these two sort of basic rules. You can't complain if you want to do if you want to do your own stunts you can't complain every time you get like a bruise yeah. you can't do that like no. you, if you've asked to do your stunts if you're willing to put yourself through it you can't complain every time you scrape your knee however 
you also should not get injured. It's true. Ever. It's true. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a middle ground you have to find between pushing yourself, but also understanding yeah. you can't get hurt or else yeah. the process slows down entirely. Exactly. Like we talked about this a lot. We talk about trust a lot. And it's not just, um, we talk at Cat, we've talked about it in three capacities with stunts, which is the obvious one, physical trust. You have to trust that the other person's not going to stab you. Mm -hmm. To, or the, or more importantly, you know, when we got Dean to come in, who, who we will talk about Dean later yes, on in season two a lot, but it was primarily a stunt rigger, mm -hmm. which literally means he is holding the other side of the cable that is stopping yeah. you from hitting the ground. That's, you know, that's a huge amount of trust our lives in his hands. And that's the big thing with stunts is you do just trust these people. Like there were countless scenes where you, Alberto, were upside down handcuffed. And if that line broke, for, I mean, thank God it didn't. But if it did, <laughs> it's just your face. <laughs> your face is breaking your fall. Shadowhunters would have been very different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. But let's talk a little bit about the, the training and the stunts. Because as you said, Alberto, Nuno was one of the first people you met. And the three of us yeah. spent a lot of time in the gym together. The, you know, the reason I know Archer is because of you two. <laughs> Same though. Also because of yeah. our gym sessions. And a bunch of like, I, I, I read like something the other day that referenced this old Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, oh, Schar Schwarzenegger movie called Red Heat. Oh, yeah. And I was like, we watched that in Nuno. <laughs> one day while we were working out like we used like we used to put on random stuff he was such a great part of our process i think yeah. i don't know yeah. if he knows how important he was for us i mean i still work with him he's still my trainer yeah i mean whenever i can i, I do too yeah. like i i I'm, I'm, i he was he's a lifelong relationship and and i'm glad that mm -hmm. we could say like friend you know not just yeah. work I, yeah. I see nuno as a friend at this point oh 100 percent and it's Absolutely. nice, again, when you can put your trust in someone like that because he is – it was fun yeah. for me as well because I, you know, I got to watch all of us. I hadn't really trained physically in that way. I'd been a dancer and an athlete my whole life. But before Shadowhunters, I had no idea that I could even have any modicum of physical strength. And not only seeing myself transform but watching each one of you reach your goals and become exactly what you had said at the beginning and because of Nuno, but all in massively different ways. We need to talk about that. We need to get you back in season two and talk about that transformation. Yeah, we do. We need to talk about like jacked up. We got time. We got time. We go, we don't. But we will have to bring you back for each season because this is, we have too much to I'd talk be down. about. Because also the amount that we changed, not just the show, but like we, we as people, we as actors, we as the characters, the the evolution that we evolution, evolution, evolution. that we evolution. went through. Uh, I don't know that we went through as these people. Like the person I left as at the end of season three was vastly different than the person I joined as at the beginning of season one. A hundred percent. I mean. I even just got a flash. Alberto, I don't know if you remember this. We did a bunch of reshoots at the end of season one, and we had to go back and wear our wardrobe yeah. again. And we had trained so much. Alberto could barely even put on the shirt that he wore because his his biceps were too big for the shirt he wore in episode one. I'm not going to lie. That was a moment I didn't think would ever happen to me. So to be in something <laughs> where I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't – I literally can't roll my shoulders forward or else I might <laughs> – Hulk was I that small? I'm not big now. No, I so think that you was, got that big. You got that big, Alberto. Oh, that's that's Nuno right there. Yeah. Nuno. Nuno. Looking Nuno. out for us. Oh, 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 really quick. Episode three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That episode ended up becoming like a full circle episode for me in terms of where like me coming from college into this. I took a class my senior year in college where we had a lot of actors and people in the industry come in and kind of teach workshops. So they do a day. And one of the people that came in was Mark Margolis who played Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad, 
if if you guys look him up, he's done a lot of things that we'd be like, oh, I absolutely know who that actor is. And he came in and the class was called Directing for Actors. And one person asked him, they're like, so what's, what makes a good director? And he was like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm an actor. I've, I've never directed. So I don't know why I'm here. But I've worked with a lot of directors. And one of my favorites that I've worked with a few times was this incredible director who would give me notes that I could actually do as an actor. And I think that's a big deal. And that's one thing if you are going to become a director that you want to be able to do. So I, I was a scene where I was playing a doctor in like a courthouse and I was explaining to the jury uh, the elements of the trial that they didn't understand to try to support the prosecution. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, and the scene just wasn't, it, it, it didn't make sense and it was kind of boring and it was dragging. And I don't know why, I, I just couldn't figure it out. So this director comes over to me and is like, hey, why don't you, um, you're doing a lot of explaining. Why don't you teach them? Interesting. So he's like, the minute he gave me that one note, teach them, I was able, the whole scene picked up and it, it, was, it was a completely different, it, it, it was amazing how smoothly it went after that. And that's something that I've realized that good directors do. They give actionable things, things you can physically do. And, and that translates to your acting world. So that was like one of the last workshops I took in college, like probably like November. Fast forward to episode three. I'm walking around Toronto with David on one of my days off when I see Mark Margolis walking down the street. No way. Whoa. So I, I ran up to him and I was like, hi, Mr. Margolis. You probably don't remember me. My name's Alberto Rosende. I took a class at NYU that you taught uh, like a couple months ago. He's like, a couple months ago, I haven't taught a class at NYU in over a year. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I was in that class over a year ago. Wow. I was in that class and you talked about working with a certain director and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was really great. Actually, he's in Toronto right now. He's shooting some show about vampires. Oh. And I was like, Andy Walk? He was like, yes, that was the director for that class oh, that, that I told God. that story. And I was like, he's directing the third episode of the show I'm on right now. He's our no director. Way. And he was like, wow, Andy, he's such a great director. Like, you know, I was doing this show. When, and then he proceeds to tell the story again that I had, <laughs> that I'd literally just told David because I was like, oh my God, that's that actor. Should I? And I told David the story and I was like, I'm going to go say hi. So I go to him. He brings up this huge full circle thing. So the next day on set, I talk to Andy and I'm like, Andy, I ran into a uh, Mark Margolis. He's like, ah, Mark, great friend of mine. You know, this one time, he's a great actor. <laughs> one time I was directing him and, and he told the story and I was like, Andy, I, I hope you know that like now they use that story at NYU. It's like, at, at least in my studio, a like that was, story. that was a big moment to like, to, cause it, it ties perfectly into the way we learn for acting. Absolutely. But that was also the first episode and only episode my parents visited set. Oh, my <gasps> oh. dad did. He was able to visit set. That episode also, the writer, Marjorie David, she's like, I remember her and I really connected. And um, that was the first episode because of like the college connections and my comfort with uh, Andy, who in that episode really let me play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He really let me do whatever I want and then was able to kind of like reel in my performance in a way that I now having worked more, I'm like, oh, I could have done that now. But without him back then, I don't think I could have done that because I didn't, I didn't have you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, we didn't know how to make a TV show then. We didn't know exactly. what we were doing. We were, we were all learning. Yeah. So it mm -hmm. was just a cool, and that, after that, I felt like that's when I graduated. Like that mm -hmm. episode is when I that's graduated cool. 
college officially. So watching that episode, I was reminded of all of those moments and the really cool collaborative moments that happen on set sometimes. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're making a show like Shadowhunters that has, you know, it's a Disney show, so Freeform's involved, and it's also going to be on Netflix. So at that point, we'd already known that Netflix had picked it up. We didn't know that. No, we sure? didn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we found that out. We found out like episode seven or eight. That's we found right. out pretty oh. late. Yeah, that's right. Because they, I remember they were on set and we got prepped like, hey, be on your best behavior because Netflix is on set. And I was like, okay. 
<laughs> sure. You're like, no. Um, but what I didn't realize is they were talking about buying into the show. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. So it was late. It was much later. And I remember because they were showing them a new set that I think was Jade Wolf, maybe, or something new that they'd built at the back. And oh, I was like, wow. oh, we, we didn't have this yet. So it was, it was a later thing. That's cool. I feel like there's so much I want to talk to you about that goes on in the season. Yeah. And I feel a little restricted by us staying with this one thing. So let's go a little off script. Because the, the big episode I want to talk to you about is your transition episode. That's what I want to talk about. Eight. Which is, yeah, yeah, this is your... Um, this is your episode in the season. Like this, this yeah. one is really, truly dedicated to you. It starts and ends with you. Why don't you talk us through a little of like that process? Cause this was, this was sort of the whole episode was kind of firsts for a lot of us, I think. Yeah. And we've talked mm-hmm. a lot too about the whole, the, we, we call it the Peter Parker, Simon saga mm-hmm. where it's all the symptoms yeah. and everything happening and breaking the desk and the interventions and the, you know, all of this process that Simon goes through. But episode eight, as Dom said, is really the the beginning and end the of pinnacle it. Of yeah. That. For that specifically, I think it's book two, chapter I love that you know 15. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's book two, chapter 15. If if it's not 15, it's chapter eight. I don't, I, <laughs> that's a weird that's a weird way of linking these two it's not like if it's not 15 it's 16 you're like if it's not yeah, 15 no, it's uh, chapter 15. 43 it's, hold on it's right there behind your camera isn't it I think oh it is see it. Have number two. Turn, it has all the other ones uh, um, it, it was just funny because like I remember going back to the book a lot to read like okay what uh, mm-hmm. what does she say physically happens what does she what does Simon bring up in the book that he like thinks about. And I remembered also, this was one of the first times we were going to establish the way vampires change. So yeah. if that ever happens again. Mm-hmm. Which it did with Tessa and with everybody else yeah. who, who did that. And they all followed your suit. Exactly. And that was the cool thing was like in this point, they were very, they worked with me in the process. They're like, all right, so, well, they kind of let me run in this episode. But then because of that, later on in the show, they were like, hey, Alberto, will you explain to us what physically vampires do here? Or were you... So that the extras at times when we had a bunch of vampire extras, like how do vampires move and why, like what can we tell them to kind of create mm-hmm. that, that vibe? You got to design our vampires in essence. Yeah. Well, that's also in a huge way, it speaks to kind of how the show ran. I, I continually, we try and explain this to people and it's, I feel like it's such a unique experience because on a television show, a lot of those things, especially as an actor, especially as we were all relatively young, it's usually decided for you and you're told how it works and what to do and what the network or the studio or the director wants. But on this show, and it all started with McGee and Ed, it very much, they trusted us to sort of have a little bit of our own creativity and have input and and they entrusted these characters to us very early on. And that's something that's so unique and I think why all of us are still seven, eight years later so passionate about this story yeah 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 it was it was a cool one to be a part of and that's something else like i know daniel radcliffe at one point talked about when he was doing harry potter the coolest thing was reading the parts that they haven't gotten to yet Mm -hmm. knowing he's gonna get to do them Mm -hmm. like he was like that was (laughs) steely court bone chandelier all this stuff all of those lakeland yeah reading our books I was like wow like I don't know because we were changing things I was like I don't know what we're gonna do or how it's how the pieces are gonna fall but it's gonna be an exciting time uh and and that that episode eight was the beginning of that journey for Simon his he arguably of all characters like definitely physically has a huge change Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but emotionally he gets 
he, he has a giant change too. The only daylighter, I was like, this guy's journey is a really big, it's a wide arc. Yeah. It swings. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, with my, yeah, at the time, little experience, I was like, I want to really try to build an arc into this character. And that was the cool thing about our show is that that was actually like kind of allowed to happen. Other shows, it's, we don't know where the characters are going at all. At least for us, if you look right. at the books, there were some reference points. And then we got, we were told at least a little earlier sometimes, like, yeah, it's going in this direction. So you could, I remember season one, I could plan the arc because I knew, I knew that what main story points were going to happen. I was like, I become a vampire in like the middle of the season. Cool. So that's a physical change that I had to prepare for. That's why we were in the gym. Cause I was like, I do want that first moment that he comes out as a vampire for him to look different, yeah. which I think actually did happen, which it was did. cool. It did. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, I think actually they did that. They did it as they matched that as well because they put you in a t-shirt for one of the first times, like you'd always been sort of in layers and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then for the first time we got to see this like ripped, like more muscular, like <laughs> form come out of this hole. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what we should talk about as well. Talk about how we physically did that. Cause I thought it, I remember them oh. setting up the rig and I was like, this is mind blowing. Oh yeah, please talk us through the process. I mean, I know the end, that last shot was a lot, but, but yeah. the rest of it, let's talk about the rest of it. If nothing else. I'll say it was, that was all like when I, when we talk about like the scale of our show, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was one of the coolest things. Like we were all, we were on wires and we were doing things that you don't get to do on, on smaller projects. Right. And this was literally, so they shot this in two different ways. They, they shot the exteriors of the hole where they actually dug a hole, buried a box in a real that had graveyard. a hole in it, in a real graveyard, <laughs> buried a box that you could crawl out of, covered the box with dirt and grass and made it look like there was nothing there. And then I actually had to like step into this hole and go underneath and then they covered it with dirt. And then I sat in this hole with, with, an, with a PA on, a, on, a, on, a, on the walkie, yeah. On the walkie. Who, uh, I got to get out of the hole. The whole time we shot this, there was this poor PA shoved in the hole just waiting on the walkie. <laughs> what? Like, Fuck off. No. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. There was another the human time. being in there with you? In the box being like, action. No. <laughs> I, was I like, thought they just God. left and you an actual walkie-talkie. No. They left you a the person? Time, yeah. So, and the box wasn't very big, right? So we're both like face to face and my hand is like this so like, it can come out in the right spot, right? And do the... So I'm like, okay, someone just had lunch. Cool. Did I, did I, did I, am, am I, is my breath bad? I wow. Just, so, so we're sitting like literally as close and he's like action. And then I'm like, huh. and then I had to crawl out of this little hole. And then we shot the next day. Cause we did that, that whole scene in two days. So we shot mm-hmm. me coming out of the hole first. And the next day we shot them putting me in the hole, which where they, they dug, they dug like a real grave sized hole in a real cemetery. And, uh, yeah, they actually had me get in it at some point. They actually buried you. Well, I'll say this. like That was a really hard sh- scene for me because we had been at that cemetery all night mm-hmm. for two nights now. Like we, People don't know on season one of a show because they're establishing how it looks, establishing how the characters talk. There might be a minute where they're like, that scene, we don't like it. Let's try to redo it all. And yeah. mm-hmm. So like we were shooting like 16-hour days on season one. So we'd been all day at this one cemetery, all night, I mean. Then we did another night shoot where we were there. The sun's starting to come up and they're trying to rush this last shot, which is the scene where Jace starts to throw dirt on Simon to like bury him. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were like, Alberto, get in the hole. And I was like, no one told me I was going to have to get in, in, a, in a cemetery hole like that. Yeah. I don't even want to do that when I die. <laughs> right. Mm. I remember our AD at the time was someone who did not handle stress well, which 
one of the main categories of like qualities you have to have to be an AD is that you handle stress well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy was just not, that was not his cup of tea. So he's freaking out. He puts me in the hole. They ask like, what dirt are we going to use? He's like, we'll use this dirt right here. And, and this is what we talk about, like physical trust, emotional trust, all of this. That's when Steve Luchescu, our stunt coordinator for other, whatever else we had with him, like he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to throw that dirt full of rocks and sticks. You're going to use that dirt to throw onto your actor. Are you stupid? And he's like, well, we've got to get it done. He's like, we're going to do it safely if we're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some soft mulch and we're going to do this fucking right. Are you, are you kidding me? And I, I remember this AD being like, ah. And then I remember all of them. And this is something else that like happens. I remember when they were like, hey, what do you guys think of this, this second? Do you think they should? And then we were all like, frankly, that guy doesn't handle stress well. Yeah. It's a high stress show. Mm-hmm. Well, he just created a few times an unsafe environment. And mm-hmm. that's, that's something that we just can't have on set. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where that happened. But for me, I didn't realize that one of my biggest fears was like being buried alive. So for me, that was when I discovered that fear. And then Dom and I actually had a really tender moment where I kind of like broke down in your trailer. Remember that? And I was like, I do. That just really freaked me out, man. They actually like yeah. had me in a hole, put dirt on me. And then the thing that also freaked me out was like, I was looking at like the silhouette of the rest of the sky. The sun was coming up and there was like no one there. And in movies, I always imagined that you'd see people like leaning over being like, oh, Alberto, he was great. And, and yeah. I was just like alone in this hole. And I was like, and then there was this guy being like, let's throw rocks on him. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Alberto. It's a harrowing experience. I didn't know if you yeah. were going to, that's the thing. That's why I mentioned, you know, you can and cannot talk about it because it's a very intimate time that you went through that, that was very difficult. So first of all, thanks for sharing that with everyone. No, yeah. Well, that's like the thing that I think, people that don't do this job don't know that that happens. You're in this, you have to be in this emotionally available space to work with these people and, and to, to be an actor. And unfortunately, because of that, you take your own walls down that you carry when you go outside and you do things. People have walls that are healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but when you're an actor, you have to learn to be like, I'm going to take these walls and put them to the side for a bit so that anything that really is there can, can shine through. So it, and that's something that happens on set. Everyone has to be sensitive to those in every facet. Everyone yeah. working together to allow people to, mm-hmm. to do things. So it was a cool lesson because now I'm like, I would absolutely speak up now. I would never just lay there. And I would <laughs> yeah. also, like, there's a lot of things I learned about how like, as an actor, you actually can take on that responsibility and say, no, no, my personal safety is my... Totally. Yes, yeah. everyone yeah. else should watch it. Like I'm supposed to... Like, and that was something that I think we all got to learn together. And I, I think I learned a lot from Dom and I learned a lot from Harry mm-hmm. watching people navigate those moments. And when you should be like, no, 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 that's totally. not okay. And then, well, and you'll end up doing it for other people as well. On a show like ours, you'll end up yeah. doing it where they're like, Rain you can't the like, or, yeah. or like I've had, I remember Matt once approached me about something that, that wasn't safe. And he was like, Hey man, just so you know this is happening. And I was like, Oh, fuck me. Okay. And we went and took care of, you know, you, you look out for each other then at that point as well. And that, yeah, that was a really nice moment for, for both of us as our friendship, the, the fact that we, you know, really knew that we could rely on each other from sort of that moment on. I mean, we did, we knew that before, but that was like a real, like, Oh yeah, we're actually relying on each other. Mm -hmm. We all went through it. Yeah. We were in so many of those situations where, whether it was weather or the location Mm -hmm. or, 
you know, the Hearn or otherwise, we were in these environments where we all had to look out for each other. And I, you know, being the youngest one on set and being like the little sister, as I very quickly became, I always knew that I had people looking out for me and that we all had Mm -hmm. each other's backs. And I was grateful for that throughout the entire process, especially with you two. And that extended like I know, like, Dom, I, I, there's a story I tell a lot. I don't know if you know this. I tell the story where people ask me, have asked, like, so when you're on set as an actor, like, when do you step in? What, what happens there? And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's that rule. If you're cold, they're cold, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, right. if you're tired, they're more tired. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. upset, they're probably not happy. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you, really, you really followed through with that. I remember there were multiple times where we're sitting in a, in a trailer or in a, in a tent outside where we're sweating because they have three heaters and you and I would have to step outside to like get a breath of air to be like, God, it's yeah. so hot in there. And we saw a bunch of extras just shivering with no heaters. And Dom was like, Hey, and I, you didn't tell anyone you did this. I don't know if you saw that anyone saw you do this, but immediately Dom's like, I'm going to walk away. And he walked away. He pulled over an AD and was like, Hey man, we've got three heaters in that tiny tent and it's killing us. They're freezing. Can you take two of them and give them to those extras? And they were like, oh, sure. And he was like, if you're cold, they're cold. Just and and right. you were you were very like one of the biggest things I learned about being an actor on set was from you, Don. Like you were always looking out for other people. You were always in a position that you were like, I know if they're taking care of me or and I'm not feeling taken care of, like there are other people who are who don't have a voice here. Right. And you really made an effort to say, like, my voice has I was going to say has power here, but we know we're actors, so maybe <laughs> we, not we have, power. Not much. But my voice gets heard. That gets listened to here in this right. position. So I'm going to make sure that when I use it, it's for the people around me and to make sure that that set environment stays positive, stays focused, and no one gets hurt, no one gets sick, no one – like. and um, that's a responsibility I think you have as an actor now, mm-hmm. being on sets. Yeah. 100%. Seeing the people that I admire do that more. Um, really take that onus. That's very sweet. Well, Alberto yeah. has now said the thing I paid him to say, so we can stop the recording now whenever you want. That's <laughs> that we can move on. Um, also, send you my Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of that, the love between the two of you, you know, we we had on off-screen love between the two of you, but on-screen, there's a, a lot of the, the triangle between Jace, Clary, and Simon, particularly in season one, it goes through, goes through a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, between the friendship between Clary and Simon and their almost being parabatai, paralleling Jace and Alex parabatai relationship, and then the the triangle between the three of us. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know, you know, if we're, if we're going to bring you back for season two and do all of this, we'll talk about season two when we get to okay. season two. Because there's cool. a lot more to talk about there. <laughs> but, we keep finding ourselves getting caught doing that. It's like, oh, this thing happens. Like, oh, do you remember when this happens? In we can't talk about that yet. We're still yeah. working our way through. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, in the oh, last God. episode, this thing happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's talk about season one because we talked about the vampire cool. transformation. But let's talk about the triangle. Well, a I think bit. it was actually just like I've realized it's a lot easier to build tension when you're friends with people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, watching the show again, it was funny to be now. When I knew you guys then, I knew you solely through this experience and then especially episode three, the the weeks we'd had to just get to know each other. Yeah. Now it's been close on the better side of like closer to a decade that mm-hmm. I've known you guys. So now when I watch the show, it was fun to be like, oh man, look at Matt being so sassy <laughs> as Alex. <Yeah. laughs> like, so sassy. Giving, the original giving salt no fucks. Yeah, yeah, literally <laughs> just like just throwing shade everywhere. And I was like, that was really cool to see. Or... Yeah. uh 
seeing Harry on screen and just being like, mm-hmm. wow, to like know you as a person now yeah. and then to see this character that you brought to life. It was just wild. So I think there was this natural also like let's just be real about it. Like none of us sucked. <laughs> like we didn't have yeah. anyone on our set that sucked. It's true. So yeah. which is a, an important thing to point out. I, on most sets, as I think with most jobs, there's normally at least one person who is horrendous. It's really it difficult. There's, You're there's right. Like there's normally a person yeah. who's just difficult to get on with. Um, and we really didn't have one, no. which was amazing. Like really amazing. Our guest directors were great. Mm-hmm. Um, the writers that would come in were pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like they were all like, we, we had a really, yeah, we had a really fun experience shooting that. Yeah. Our crew is mm-hmm. fantastic. Our guest stars were so good. I mean, everybody from yeah. David to Jade to Nicola to yeah, everybody our guest in between. Stars made our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shooting that was just fun. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel.
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We were also helping to build like the language of the of this world, yeah. of the shadow mm-hmm. world, and how people were going to use it. Like the fact that that was episode three was the first time you guys said parabatai, right? And that was one it of the was. first times yeah. y'all explained it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for Clary and us to have that understanding. And then where the audience saw the parallel, where they're like, oh, Alec is to Jace as Clary is to Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Cool. For us to establish that mirrored there. Like, but we got to talk about it. We got to be like, all right, cool. So how are we going to do this? Yeah. How are we going to say that word? Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> that we did talk, we have spoken about that. And again, I think it might end up in later episodes, but like that was a lot of season one is how do you pronounce Parabatai? Because mm-hmm. we've only seen it written. Right. Like we've only seen it written down ever. So how do we pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. Stelle was another one. God damn. <laughs> with just, so many conversations. Yeah. But among those conversations were some of my favorite were the ones I had with you, Alberto, because we had so many scenes, in, especially in season one, of, hey, Clary, remember this time when we did X, Y, Z? And obviously, <laughs> you and I hadn't had those experiences. We didn't shoot no. those experiences. But you and I always sat down and we talked about it. And we created this memory between the two of us. That way, when yeah. we did the scene, whether or not we used the same words, we had some kind of shared memory. And that's that was always so special. And I think going back, that created yeah. a lot of who Clary and Simon were. And our list of band names. That like, <laughs> yeah. That, do we still have that list? It's on somewhere? your phone somewhere. Oh, it's on that list? phone. I'll have to find it. No, the... Uh, the the band name list like for oh, the band all of season, name list. all of season one we'd just be like someone would be like ambidextrous biscotti <laughs> and she'd be like band name and we write it down as like another eventual band name for Simon yeah no but that was like I think that's also something that now that we've all been on other shows and seen other things like it's a true beautiful experience to get to build a show mm-hmm. to get to yeah. establish things to have to establish relationships yeah exactly and and i know that i have said since been on being on shadow hunters that they have spoken about like the relationship and whatever with with fans and interviewers and whatever and i like haven't really found that yet i haven't really found that again no yeah because it was so new, because it was such a great group of people, because we were trusted with so much, because of all of these wonderful things that we talked about that all came into one, I haven't had that experience again. And it's it's interesting. I think I'll be, a, it's probably something I'll search for for the rest of my life, but never quite fine because it will never be exactly the same again. Well, and like you said, Alberta, we were all the right age. We were all exactly in the right place at the right time. I mean, even the three of us yeah. living in the same building, you and I, Alberto, being oh next gosh, door yeah. neighbors for yeah, season we lived, one. We lived as neighbors. Yeah. On the 42nd floor. Oh, that elevator. And the, okay, oh, I, I, so much of my memory of season one is just 3 a.m. sitting on Dom's floor with the fire alarm going off. You and I having climbed down 12 flights, being like, I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. We're not going to go was all constant. the way down. That, yeah. yeah. Like, do we, we were already I'm, exhausted I'm sort of going to wait until I see flames before I'm <laughs> making my way like, downstairs. Can we repel like from here? Floors. I don't know. I don't know about that. Can, we, can we touch on this in this podcast? Like, y'all, we were wild season one. <laughs> y'all were. I didn't drink season one. <laughs> we drank a lot season one. We were, no, but also like, we just were kind of like, I, I think like you were talking about us being the right age and whatnot. We were also in this amazing, cool city. Yeah. And we just like, We've really made that a super fun experience for us. Totally. And, and I know we had that reputation. <laughs> we <laughs> did. fun show. We did. On yeah. We were the fun show. Because we, <laughs> yeah. we would like we would go to bars. Saddle Ranch is the one that keeps coming up. 
Uh, rock and you mean horse. rock and horse? Rock and horse. That's what I mean. Rock and horse. Rock and horse. Saddle um, Ranch is your other spot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure I'm still not allowed in Rocking Horse because of the cloakroom incident. Yep. You remember that? Um, yep. No, I didn't do anything bad. No, no. Dom just had a, a, a clumsy cat moment, and they weren't. They were kind of grumpy about it, and that's all that happened. I wouldn't even call it clumsy. I, I think it was a drunken. I was like, I can jump through that for sure, and <laughs> just miscalculated massively. And you gotta calculate, man. You gotta calculate. Well, we also like were removed from the Thompson. <laughs> oh my! Oh, God. that's right. Talk about this story. Season we one. were. This was season we were one. thrown out of the Thompson. My God, I will never forget this because we were sitting on the roof of this very <laughs> fancy hotel club, and I'm sitting by the pool having a drink with Dom and Alberto and another one of our friends. And uh, Alberto and I can't remember which what, whose idea was it. Was it yours? Or was we it, were mischievous. Who do you think it was? I, who's it could have been either of you. It was. It could have been bad. either of us. Wow. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Do you think I would have? You're probably right. But <laughs> I know I'm right. We were as mischievous as each other, I think. Anyway, the idea you was You were quite broached. the influences on each other. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a lot of fun. For sure. But they jumped in the pool and we promptly were escorted from the premises. Clothed. We were fully clothed. So just imagine this. It's me, Dom, and Katz squished between these giant security guards dripping. Like you audibly dripping. You could hear the drips like... <laughs> Like in, in in the elevator, and is our new foley artist, ladies and gentlemen. And it's it's just frozen. And and I remember looking at the security guard, and he looks down. And he's like, and I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want from us? Literally, we're looking at security guards like kids were like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're huge. Come on, <laughs> it's kind of funny. And like, yeah, you guys can't come back here for a while. I mean, between <laughs> that fair. and the pranks that you two pulled on each other, season one, like Dom, you always pulled pranks on me, but the two yeah. of you were like our prank all stars to each other the entire series. Yeah, we went. You know, big. I stopped. I stopped pranking. I stopped pranking. I don't prank. You hung anymore. up your your cape. You don't prank. I've, I've We've got to get on set with cape. each other again. I think it might be a you because I haven't either. It's. I think it might be a you and me thing. Like Arden's, Arden's one, like you, Kat, yeah. who, Arden's the lead of Partner Track. She's very, very jumpy, but her, but made it known at the beginning of the show to everyone, but I think specifically to me, that she, it, she doesn't react like Kat. She doesn't scream and think it's funny. She screams and then cries. And oh. I was like, oh, well, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's the reaction yeah, I no, want. That's, I, that's really not going to be fun. So I, I, my pranking, my pranking boots have been hung up also. Wow. I, I, I just, uh, I, I have a thing where I'm like, I know if you start that, it takes a bigger person to finish it. And, <laughs> it really does. And, and, I'm not that big of a person. It's done, and I'm like, I'm just not going to start that road. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Some very imaginative we, people. The two out there. worst ones that I did to you, and I, I do feel badly about these ones. Was the was the trash can in your trailer? Oh, which, that was bad. Trash can in your trailer. <laughs> trash can in your trailer. It was a it was a hot summer's day up in Toronto. It was Ooh. a warm day. There was a trash can full of banana peels and all of this gross stuff that had been in. It was right gross. outside of his trailer. It was very full. And I thought this would be really funny. At the end of lunch, I'm just going to throw it into his trailer. Not into upside down, obviously. Just leave the physical trash can in there and then leave it. And he has to come in and be like, oh, why is there a trash can in my trailer? This is annoying. It smells kind of bad. And then gets rid of it and that's it. What actually happened was at lunch, you didn't get an opportunity to go back to your trailer. You got brought straight to set for like six hours. So that stinking hot ass <laughs> trash can was just like diffusing into your trailer for six hours. And <laughs> at which point I'd forgotten about it. I was at home and I get this text from him like, 
come on, man. And I'm like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I remember that. And I also remember, like, we just, that happened a lot that we're like, we would start a prank, but because we get so busy, it'd be like, ah. I forgot to, forgot to see that one through. That was, that's what happened with the headshots. Do you remember the headshots? Oh, yeah. I printed out like 180 of my headshot and just put them all over Alberto. So like everywhere you could possibly imagine. I put them inside his costume. I put them underneath the toilet seat. seat. I put them inside of drawers and whatever. And he found like, probably, I want to say like 80. Yeah, you found like 80 to 100 of them. And then we, we, this must have been at the end of season three. Because we were told that those, oh no, it was the end of season two and then we got new trailers for season, for season three, three because oh, they yeah. went, they told us, they were like, we're, we're actually not using these trailers anymore. And I was like, oh no, so, these are going to be sent to somebody else. And there's like these little hidden <laughs> headshots sure of me all through this trailer. <laughs> it wasn't just your headshot. What? What? Wasn't one of them like a bum shot? Oh, possibly. Yeah, and I that's think why I, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, someone's yeah. gonna open like a random drawer and just get a picture of my ass. Of my <laughs> ass, yeah. And if you were the person, I am so so sorry. Oh. Or, or, so, or you're welcome. You're welcome. welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could have made someone's day. Just a, a little Sherwood bum, you know. Oh, you no. could sell that. You you could. Maybe Probably. they did. Yeah. Who knows? I, I guess. Yeah, unquantifiably my butt. But since then, I have to say, like, you know, doing this show with you guys, especially season one, the press tour that we did was massive. Mm. And mm. Yeah. all of that was, it was the first time that any of us had kind of been, I mean, Dom, you might have for Vampire Academy been through a bit of that. But I know I hadn't Little. done a press tour like that at all. And even, I mean, going to Brazil with the two of you mm-hmm. and doing all of the the New York Comic Con for the first time. Alberto, you and I, you and I wrapped. We were the last scene of season one to shoot. We wrapped and they put us in the car. We went straight to the airport and met all of you at the private plane that we were flying mm-hmm. from Toronto to New York to go to New York Comic Con the next morning. And just all of these experiences that we got to share with each other. It's I think back on it, I'm like, did that actually happen or did I dream this? Yeah. I still can't tell. What about we've we've spoken about this, Kat and I a couple of times. Alberto, what was your reaction to do you remember we got to see the in fact I have two questions because because our first panel at Comic-Con, you and I had a funny moment. It was hilarious. Um, but do you, do, you remember, do you remember your reaction to we were sat behind the screen and we could hear we, there was, you know, 1,500 people to 2,000 people sat in the audience and we were sat behind the screen. So it was all in reverse, the projector screen, and they played the first like seven minutes. minutes of the yeah. show, seven minutes of the show. What was your reaction to that? It was just weird to see it real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... For me, the, the, it being my first like real job, it also being like a a storybook type opportunity where you you not only get a job as a series regular on a pilot. This show was already picked up to series mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had a built in fandom, mm-hmm. and was like already like it was. There was a lot of boxes checked that are very rarely checked for one job. So it was just a little. It was overwhelming. It was like this is this is real as actors or like this, what does this mean for our career? Like this is the type of thing that could like be a little springboard. Like we, we also are making something that was really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I still understand that moment because I haven't really been to Comic-Con since the last time we all went. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so too, a lot of it, like our first signing, there were people dressed as Simon. The first person I saw in cosplay was a Simon cosplay at New yeah. York Comic-Con the first time. And then the Clarys and then the Jaces came through. But 
it it it's so weird to see because we'd all been on set for six months making this show, and then suddenly there's people with and no one had seen yeah any of it yeah mm-hmm. that was that yeah no one had seen any no one had seen any of it, and they had accurate costumes they they were quoting like lines from the book, some of them that might have made it into the show, mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa. Yeah, I just said that it's last. Why that they like <laughs> that? I remember them being like, "Oh my god, we love you!" And I'm like, "How? I, yeah. You've seen pictures why? of me? Yeah, like, we haven't I could done suck. anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, just wait. Have I got you. a surprise for you? <laughs> Decided to do the entire show in an Irish drawl for no reason. <laughs> Thing number two: Tell us about your first panel at Comic Con. It's arguably my favorite story with you. Oh my gosh. I remember just having all these moments where I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And everyone else seems to be like in step, but I felt like I was always like, I felt like Mr. Bean. I was always like one step behind, like trying to like throw myself together. And then magically it happening when they were like, and we're doing the interview. And I'm like, I made it. I'm not sweaty. (laughs) So we get to this panel and then we we hear it before we see the amount of people, right? We could hear it. We have that Mm -hmm. moment where we see our first seven minutes. And then like they introduce McGee who'd done Charlie's Angels, who'd done Terminator, who'd done movies that we'd all seen. And then Ed, who'd done like, there's something about Mary and other movies that we'd all seen. Mm -hmm. And then I'm on this list and I was really nervous. And it was my first panel, like my first real big interview now where Mm -hmm. I kind of have to be myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I got struck with like a case of, I have to go to the bathroom, like really bad. And because I was nervous, I'd been chugging water that whole day. Like bottles. I had like five bottles of water and that was only like 11. So I, and we'd woken up at like, I, it was a very short amount of time for a lot of water with nerves. And I remember us sitting down and I see like everyone and I'm kind of taking it all in and I look down and there's that little clock that says how much time is left in the panel. And I see it says over an hour and I'm like, ee, uh, <laughs> and, and then there's like a hot microphone. So I'm like, Dom, uh, Dom, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he's like, you're on, go to the bathroom. <laughs> you're on stage. And I'm like, yeah, but like, we just started. Like, they're not going to talk to me. Like, we just started. And he's like, you can't leave. Like, you have to stay. So I'm like, all right. So then like you start 10 minutes in, I'm like talking 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and an hour in, I'm like pale. And then yeah. they're like, and I'm just, <laughs> I've never been in so much pain in my life. Please don't call on me. Please don't call on me. If I open my mouth, I'm going to pee. And then they're like, all right, we're done. And then I'm like, oh, thank God. So I get up to take a picture. And then McGee's like, let's take a picture for everyone. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I remember I'm standing <laughs> with everyone, just like constantly like shifting. Because I'm like, I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> and then we take our picture. And they're like, great. Now we're going to walk to this next room. And I just... Like a bullet. Yeah. Like, I was Honestly, just gone. it was like Looney Tunes. There was a little outline of Alberto <laughs> left. <laughs> well, and what's so great about all of these things, too, is that, like, that was Damien Holbrook, who was one of the reporters that worked with us for so many years, like him and Jim Halterman and so many other people. Mm-hmm. It's, we yeah. went through all these experiences with the same folks. Yeah. Yeah. And crazy, they got, it must be, I would love to ask them about that. Like, they saw us as a cast the first time and they, they saw us grow as people, actors, yeah. as a cast, yeah. as friends. Like, it must be a cool, I don't know. It's, and now I'm going to look for that when I see a new show and there's a group of cast. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch and kind of see how they evolve as a friendship. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, it's always a comfort too. Like now, you know, we've all worked on TV since doing press. You talk to the, a lot of the same reporters, and it's just yeah. it's it's a nice thing to have a relationship, even on that side. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Shadowhunters fandom has been so instrumental in all of our experience throughout this, and we belovedly call them the Shadow Fam. We've been all over the world doing Comic-Cons. Alberto, do you have a favorite or, or a notable experience, a fan experience from either from season one or at any point that you want to you wanna touch on in this one? Yeah. Um, I've had a, a couple of experiences. One, I don't remember the gentleman's name, 
but it was one of our first things where we were signing and he came up with his son and he was like, Hey, we're both Jewish. And one of the ways we've bonded as father's son is through our Judaism, but also through watching Shadowhunters and seeing the first and only Jewish vampire I've oh. ever seen. That's cool. So we were able to like bond through that talking about it. And, you know, uh, he's like, so it was, I want to thank you for your portrayal because it was really, it was a really beautiful thing. My son and I have, we get to share the show together That's really and cool. see ourselves represented. And I was like, that was, that was an, I remember that one. I was like, that was a good experience. Similarly, I remember I got a note from uh, a fan in Argentina that was like really inspired by seeing two Latinos on screen, mm-hmm. like Amarada oh, yeah. and myself, and, and, and being like, it, it was just cool because I'm like, I'm Argentinian. Am I ever going to be able to be in like American Hollywood? So seeing people that look like me and come from a culture like me, that's really inspiring. So those are two. And then another is my book club. Yes! Like, yeah. We love Resendi. I, I get the opportunity to hang out with like 80 to 100 of them weekly and we read cool books and like now that I don't they're not just fans they're like members of our book club so like I, I know them and when I see them at conventions it's not like oh hi no it's like oh my gosh hey by the way you mentioned on the book club that you had that exam how did that go right or you mentioned on the book club that you were having a hard time how have you been and like the fandom the community we've seen of fans the shadow fam I, I get to see in like a more like under a microscope with the, the Rosende Reads group. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess it speaks to our show. It speaks to them. It speaks to like the community that our show inspires. Like they're all smart, interesting people that are curious about the world and, and want to make it better. Um, so that whole book club experience has been awesome. Cause I, I growing up, I, I don't think there was ever an opportunity where we could kind of hang out with an actor on a show that we like. And then, no. Talk, have a, a, a feel that we have like a valid opinion on mm-hmm. on a subject to them. Like with with the book club, I a lot of these fans are way smarter than I'll ever be. So it's been a really cool experience to be like, yeah, you know me from this thing that you were really excited about, but now we're in this whole other place where we're kind of all uh, there isn't that. No, you're on neutral ground. Like, you're on yeah, level, uh, level playing field. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. It's just it just feels like a really cool thing, and that's really beautiful. And I'm gonna I'm gonna compliment you on this because you know. Dom and I obviously spent a lot of time with you and we we got to kind of hear your thought processes on a lot of things. And I remember you <laughs> got to a place where you brought it up to me one day, you're like, I'm gonna go back and reread all the books I read in high school because I'm an I'm an adult now and it's been a lot of years and I wanna I wanna go back and see how my perspective has changed. And then the fact that yeah. you had enough forethought to decide not only to do that for yourself, but to share that and to try and spread your love of books and of literature and of of opening yourself up to new ways of thinking and new perspectives on the world is just such a beautiful thing. And it so speaks to who you are, not only as an actor, but as an yes. artist and a person. And I just, I think the world of you, but, but that's one of my oh. favorite things that I got to sort of bear witness to on the sidelines of our journey together. I think you're all right. I mean, I, I, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Well, I just think like, <laughs> I think we, we all, for the most part, no, I think we all recognize the opportunity we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I felt that that was one way I felt that I'd be like, okay, if, if I could get this done, then maybe I'll feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not good enough, but I'll feel like I earned this responsibility. In some right. Way. Right. Like, right. Y- you have to, push it back or else the, the, the gifts that we like the fact that we have fans in Paris yeah. that are 
so awesome that they continue to get us back to Paris. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, that's an opportunity that I'm like, I didn't think that would... I never thought that I'd be able to say, well, you know, for the last four years, I've summered in Paris. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It was, it was like four years in a row at one point. The only yeah. thing that stopped that was, was COVID. Yeah, and we're coming we're back. back. So, like, <laughs> we've, been, we've been in a position where we've been, we've been given a lot. Yeah. And I, mm. I, I know that ba- also based on the, the, the generosity of the fans, I'm like, they're right. When you get something, you have to give it back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That actually seems like a perfect place to sort of round this out. Yeah. One more thing, though, Alberto. Let's give you the opportunity to talk about and promote what you're doing now. If there's anything you're excited about and is there anything you want people to tune into and watch or listen to, be a part of? Hmm. Well, a really good friend of mine has a show coming out called Partner Track. <gasps> oh, Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> I know we're all going to be watching it when it comes out. I know they finished shooting recently, so we should find out those dates soon. That's true. Another friend of Fingers mine crossed. just booked a pilot. Really? So I, I know that I know that <laughs> when that when that happens, I'm very excited to tune into that and, and check it out. To tune. Time tune. to tune. Well, since that's the theme we're taking, then be sure to make sure be sure to make sure. Be sure, be to, sure, make sure. to make sure. Double be sure. sure, to make sure. That yeah, you sure. check out Alberto in Chicago Fire. He is astounding and watching one of my best friends be a fireman every day is incredible. And I get to I get to continue learning <laughs> from you by watching you in this other thing, which is amazing. So Absolutely. make sure you check out Chicago Fire. When and where, Alberto? Uh, Wednesdays, 8, 7 Central. Wednesdays, 8, 7 Central. Wednesdays. Chicago Wednesdays, they call them. Chicago Wednesdays. It's a Chicago Wednesday. You guys got to come visit me in Chicago. I would love that. I I grew up in Kansas City. Chicago is my favorite city in the U.S. to eat in. We've got a couple cast. We have one cast member from Kansas City. No way. Yeah. And he's he's like, I'm from Kansas. He's a really great guy. His name's Randy. Yeah. So you guys would hit it. You guys would hit it off. Randy from Kansas. Well, tell Randy. Randy. Cat and Randy sounds like a fun show. I'd watch that. (laughs) Cat and Randy. Little single cam comedy thing. There you go. And honestly, I I would watch him in that. He's great. That's awesome. Well, we they are lucky to have you, and we know what a gift you are to a cast and to an ensemble. That's way too nice. Well, I mean, you know, we're not always nice. No, we are. But (laughs) Well, I think you guys also know that we just Well, we've all been through a lot, (laughs) honestly, both personally, professionally, as characters and as people. The three of us have been through so much together over the last seven years. And, you know, we've seen each other at our best and our worst, and we've been through all of the ups and downs. And I just have to thank you both for being so stellar throughout that whole process. Stella, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, well, it was a once in a lifetime type experience. I don't know if when that'll happen. I remember Harry and we touched on this, like Harry and Isaiah saying like this, whatever this is, it's extremely special. And it, it, mm-hmm. it happens very rarely. Yeah. So like yeah, that experience was awesome. And um, yeah, I don't know where we'd be without it. So yeah. Thank you guys. And thank you, Alberto, for, for being our guest. Thank you for coming on and talking to us. And Anytime. it's funny, Anytime. isn't it? Cause sometimes you get, I guess, get guests on that you don't see regularly, but like yeah. I saw you a week ago, you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. like we were talking about this a week ago. Oh, um, I- so it's, no, go ahead, Dom. I, well, I, that's what I was going to say. So you take yeah. it. Well, I just wanted to say, because I haven't actually seen you since I saw the news, but I wanted to say a huge congratulations to you and Tessa. I oh. I mean, both Dom and I having you know, gotten to watch your relationship from the beginning. It's, yeah. it's been just a joy. You two are just the greatest. And I'm, I couldn't oh. be happier for you. No, I really do feel super lucky. And uh, that whole day, like the fact that she proposed to me as well, like, I that's didn't what people, know that. Like, is this story, does anyone know this story? 
I don't think I've told it in like an interview setting, but Do you I want to. Yeah, I'll, can keep I'll, it off I'll the record the... if you want. You you can tell oh, us. No, later. no, let's. I don't mind. This story is like it's one of the best ones of my life. So yeah, let's. Okay. This is good well, to be we out are there. honored like, to have the the story. Yeah. Well, like, so my best friend from high school lives in LA now. His name's Josh, and we were talking, and I had. I know I'd mentioned to Dom that I was going to do this. I was going to propose. And uh, Josh, I had mentioned it to him. And he was like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I know that with Tessa, like anywhere will be special. I could do it in the bathroom one morning. And it would be just as special as if I would rented the top of a mountain or something, whatever that grand gesture could be. <laughs> like, so it, I don't think none of that really matters. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like for a long time, I'd built up those really special moments to need to be built to be special but when you finally get there you're like they're going to be special no matter what wow so you it takes a lot of pressure off in a way so i was like well, how are we going to do this so we devised this plan so i had to get a root canal that morning which was crazy so i got a root canal on the way back from the dentist i call him and we set this plan i get home tessa and i start playing fortnite <laughs> Josh joins us on Fortnite, so we start playing, and very casually, he's like, hey, um, what are you guys doing today? We're like, nothing, just doing this. He's like, do you guys want to get lunch with me in Santa Monica? I had a friend here, but she had to go out of town, so I'd made this rezo. I don't want to lose it. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And weird, Tessa has always wanted to eat there. We should go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's like, and it's at a weird time. I'm sorry. And then this is how you know, like, Tessa knows me super well. Because immediately, she's like, we're going to go to Santa Monica. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we're going to go to Santa Monica around sunset to this restaurant I've always wanted to eat at with Alberto's best friend from high school. So she starts like, okay, cool. She starts getting ready. And then later on, she's like, you were acting nervous the whole day. Like, you were being so out of character. Like, instead That's of while so she's cute. getting ready upstairs, I generally can watch TV or something downstairs. For some reason, I was nervous. I, I stayed with her the whole time. She's like, you sat with me while I did my makeup. You, you never do that. So <laughs> I, I was like, that's a red, that's a, not a red flag, but that's a little like, what's he doing? Why is he being weird? Yeah. Why is he being nervous? And then I, I always had her stand on the right side of me because the ring box was in my left pocket and I didn't want her to like bump it. So I literally like, you can imagine me Charlie Chaplining like my way to always <laughs> be on the left side of her. Oh. And then we get in the Uber and I like, instead of like opening the door and letting her in, I like opened the door and like sprinted into the Uber so that I could be on the left side. <laughs> me first, me first. Yeah. So, so we get to this restaurant. It's going well. We order drinks. We order some food. Then I notice the sun starts to set. And it's at that time, you know, it's the winter. So I'm like, the, set, the set setting doesn't happen very long. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh boy. And then they order another round of drinks. And I'm like, all right. So we're waiting for these drinks to land and waiting and waiting. And my buddy's like, we got to go. We're going to miss the sunset. And I'm like, hey, we should, uh, we should go see the sunset. Now, this restaurant is on the beach, and we were sitting in a patio with an unobstructed view to the beach. So we could perfectly see the sunset. <laughs> there was no reason for us to leave the restaurant. But I was like, I'm not going to do this in a restaurant. I'm not going to make it like a public thing. So, so I was like, we got to go. And then as I say that, the drinks land. And these are like cocktails, like well-made cocktails. It's not like a beer. But my buddy Josh was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's, uh, let's chug these. And Tessa was like, what? So he's like, cheers. And we, they both like chug their drinks. And I'm like, all right, good. So we, we start walking to the beach. I'm getting nervous. We find this spot that I'm like, that's the spot. It overlooks the water and whatever. And as we get in the spot, I'm about to like, I put my hand in my pocket. And then this couple like walks right in our shot, right? Josh starts filming. And I'm like, 
Malibu. Whoa. <laughs> and Tessa's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's Malibu. And I'm like, and look at the sun. And she's like, it's sunny. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm like, God, get this, get this couple out of here. So they finally leave. And I'm like, thank God. And then now there's like that weird, awkward silence. It felt like a middle school dance where you walk up to the person you really like and you're like, <laughs> hey, hey. And they're like, I love this song. And you're like, yeah, you're dancing. Yeah, we should dance together, you know, to this song if you want. That's how it felt. It felt very like, oh, God, I'm in high school again. I'm like all fluttery and sweaty. And so it's like, screw it. I kneeled down. I proposed. Tessa kneeled down with me and was like, oh, my God. And then my buddy Josh was like, stand up. Nope, nope, stand up. <laughs> so she like looks over and, and stands up. And then I do the thing. And then she's like, can I ask you a question? And I'm sitting there on camera with the ring out. And I'm like, well, um, <laughs> I think you should say yes. Just that's important. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, so she does it. I put the ring on her finger and she stands me up. She kneels down. And then out of her purse, she pulls out a ring box. So she proposes to me and I'm like shocked. I've been in my head this whole time that it didn't even occur to me. I was like, wait, how did she know that I was proposing? Like, <laughs> How did she know to do this now? But um, so we did that. And then she was like, I just knew you were being weird. And this is actually the first day that I have the ring. So I figured... We're going to Santa Monica around sunset. I'll just bring it just in case because I want us to share this moment. And um, yeah, it was a storybook. You know, after that, we went and drank bottles of champagne and called friends and family. And it was it was lovely. It was a really cool experience. And I, I love that she made that like effort to make me a part of being engaged, not just like I got to feel the – felt very special. Yeah. yeah. It felt lovely. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. What a wonderful story. It was great. And then I was, the next day was really rough for me. Yeah, I'm sure. We I'm celebrated. Sure. We oh, celebrated. I see. I was going to say, what? That's yeah, we celebrated. Yeah. And then Why? Tess and I both come from big families, right? So we had to do the thing where we called every person and told mm -hmm. the story. And we got really good at telling it together. Like, you know, the back and forth. And she'd pick up certain parts. But there were multiple times where I'd be like, yeah, and Tess, you do that part. <laughs> Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would I wouldn't change it for the world though. It was, uh, and I love that you guys got to see that whole relationship from like it's yeah. the first day where I was like, "Yo, that girl on set, Tessa, she was awesome, right?" Yeah. And then yeah, now she's gonna be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> see, Shadow Hunters brought so many wonderful things into our lives: each other, yeah. Tessa, this beautiful relationship, and so many memories and so many stories. Uh, the friendships we we that that show brought us like that was the biggest gift. Yeah, yeah. love you. Guys. And your love fiance. You and, yeah, and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have to say it like that. It just my feels wife. Great. I, yeah. It rolls off the tongue now. Um, I think on that note, we couldn't end on a more beautiful story. So yeah. Um, yeah. we're gonna say goodbye. And as always, for everyone who is listening, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, thank you to mm. Alberto for being our guest. I don't know why I just gestured. Like, I feel like you're right here in the room. Yeah, I feel like you're I, here I, with I me. You are. Way. You're yeah. here in our yeah. hearts in the room with us. But thank you so much, Alberto, for for coming well, with us on Return to the Shadows and uh, for being the one and only Simon Lewis, your Lordship Day Letter. That's right. <laughs> I should get business cards. You should. That's how you're still saved in my phone. It's literally the <laughs> longest name in my phone. Simon Former Lewis, your Lordship Day Letter. Yeah, and I want people to <laughs> so ask funny. and they'll be like, what was that? I'll be like, ah. Past life, can't talk about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, don't worry about it. Can't talk about it. 
amazing. Thank you, dude. This All right, was guys. No, thank fantastic. you. Yeah, absolutely no, amazing. really fun. Have fun. I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to you soon, buddy. Return to the Shadows is hosted and executive produced by Catherine McNamara and Dominic Sherwood. Our executive producer is Ling Lee. Our senior producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. And our producers are Hannah Harris and Kristen Vermilia. Original music by Alex Kinsey and performed by Alex Kinsey and Catherine McNamara. The episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> <laughs> 